And I'm Sums. And this is Wine, wine About Books. Books, a book club style podcast where we drink wine and discuss our latest read. Let's wine about it. Hi guys, welcome to our very first episode of Wine About Books. We are very excited to share this with you and we wanted to start off with giving you a little bit about us. And I'm Air, so and you I'm, know that. I'm Sums, in case that gets a little bit confusing. Yes, so you know our voices now and who's exactly and who's who. Um, let's see, let's discuss how we met. We uh, Well, we're both working moms and we met at our job. And I think it's safe to say we kind of just like hit it off basically right away. Yes. A lot of the same interests. Um, it was did not take us long at all to figure out that we were both very into true crime. Very. And very into podcasts. That too. And very into books. So. Yep. And that's how <laughs> we just pretty much hit it off. But we... We were always giving each other suggestions on books to read and podcasts to listen and to. And a lot of like the books or podcasts that became movies, we would yes. you know suggest the movie and oh, have you ever read that book? Mm-hmm. Lots of trips to Target. Oh my gosh, so many trips. To Target. Endless Target trips. So mm-hmm. many coffee runs, and then somehow that evolved into getting together for wine. Yep. And I think in the new year we both had a resolution to read more. Well, yeah. I should rephrase that. Mine wasn't really to read more. Mine was more for carving out like a little bit of personal time and being mm-hmm. a little bit more purposeful with my time. Like instead of sitting in phone land at night when my kids went to bed, I wanted to sit down and read or work on personal development or my graphic design. Like I wanted to be doing something more constructive with my time and I had been wanting to read again for a really long time. And as you've said it before, it's cheaper than therapy. It is. It's so much cheaper than therapy. It's one of the only things that just turns my brain off. Yeah. Working out and reading. It's it's completely zones yourself off. Yeah. It's like you're, you're in a different another, world. Exactly. Yeah. And it's good. When you are having a bad day, it's like, okay, let's just open my book, zone out. The other day I was listening to an audiobook, right? Or obviously the book we're going to go yeah. over. And I'm in the kitchen and I'm zoned out I even told the boys I'm like please don't talk to me I'm cooking dinner I'm listening I'm out love you guys and I just got it done and it's you're in a whole other place and it's relaxing it's therapeutic I've been using it for my commutes to and from work I do love still sitting down and holding and reading a book I'll read like a different book on my leisure time I tend to do that Mm -hmm. Uh, it's weird I can't sit down and open up a book and read two books at one time but I can listen to and audible mm-hmm. and be reading at the same time. It's, and it's strange because when I watch shows, I could flip flop between shows. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm never caught up on everything at once. But for some reason with books, I've never been able to read two books at once. No, me neither. And with audible, I, it's kind of cool that I have one for my commute mm-hmm. and I have one for when I'm running. I, yeah. I don't know. Am I old now? I don't listen to music when I do cardio. I no. listen to podcasts or an audiobook. Oh my gosh. I'm at work and all I listen to are <laughs> podcasts or audiobooks. I feel like I never listen to music. I do That's that at it. work too. It's, if I need background noise, it's like one yep. of my favorite podcasts. When I'm doing my graphic designs, I'm listening to a podcast or an audiobook. 
it's so relaxing completely relaxing and it's i i'm not into I'm on top of it the music nowadays i can't and again i, I don't know if I'm so just it old. helps with the i podcast. do have really jacked up eyes one more thing you are not allowed to say you're old if i'm older than you. i know but I, that's not what i mean i just feel like maybe i'm okay. aging i have accelerated aging i just feel very old like you have an old my soul. eyes hurt like i i look at a computer screen all day long for work i don't want to come home and like stare at a book that's why i didn't read as much when i got an office job Mm-hmm. When I was younger, when I worked at restaurants, when I was a student, and I could read for myself, I did. Yeah. But but you you're know. also a full time mommy. Yeah, you know you still work. You have to go home. You've got little ones, and it's easier to just put in an audiobook sometimes. Get in the car, and you're still able to to involve yourself and have your I've mind been doing out it while somewhere I clean. else. I'll put my headphones in mm-hmm. while I'm doing dishes or folding some laundry. Yeah. Um. And it's like I could obviously couldn't just stop what I'm doing and go sit down and read a book. So it's multitasking. Mm-hmm. It's like new age mothering. I like it. I like that. <laughs> I never really got into audiobooks, but now that we are doing this more scheduled and we want to have content for you guys and we set up a, a little bit of a schedule, we're going to release an episode every other week so that you yes. all have two weeks to read a book. Um, we don't want to pick anything too terribly long. That way then we can keep it in that two week and we know a window. lot of you are working moms like ourselves or, you know, but like we 10 you guys are out working. of 10 recommend Audible. Like, and I think your first two books are free. So if you haven't, the book that we pick next, highly recommend getting the Audible. So let's get into the book that you all voted on. It's Little Fires Everywhere by Celeste Ng. And I'm really excited about this book. It was amazing. It was so yeah. hard to put down. It really was. I went through it very quickly. I feel like there was a new thing at every corner. Like every chapter, every, I don't know, every flip of the page, I was like, oh my gosh, what next? What next? It was really, really good. I agree. And I just have to say, before we get into all the different characters, (laughs) I just need your opinion on this because this is our first book. So it's been a long time since I've used this part of my brain. I've been most recently a mom. I'm a paralegal so the style of writing and the things that I'm reading are very different than this and I totally forgot not being a student anymore about those different points of view that a story can be told from Mm -hmm. and it didn't I think it took me until chapter 9 or 10 to realize third person point of view and you kind of know everything about everyone so it's hard to be biased one way or the other like I just I distinctly remember without getting too into the plot early on, but I just remember when one of the characters felt a certain way about their mother, also seeing it from the mother's point of view almost simultaneously. Yeah. In one sentence. And it was just, it was incredible. I think that's why I couldn't put it down. You are... You are in love with every single character. You empathize You empathize. It's like you're captivated by them. Yes. There's always something that you can relate to on each and every character. I mean, I guess... I guess we're in the characters now. <laughs> I know. We went way right into the characters, but I love I that mean, typically, there's so many things. We want to typically start the structure of the podcast with going over the characters and establishing what we think of them personality-wise and who we, you know, and resonated it, with the most. And Yes. And then we'll get into the plot and, like, the questions we had for each other. The only rule of book club is that Erica and I do not discuss the books at all before we sit down here together. So we, it's hard because we talk like every day. We do. But I think the only thing 
we talk to about if it has anything to do with the book is what chapter are you on? Yeah, how far have you made it? And then we're like, okay, and that's it. And then I think it kind of motivates us to can keep on pushing faster so yeah. that we're at the end of it. And it's like, okay, I really want to get to this. We write down our questions, if we have questions for each other, but we do not discuss it until the night of recording. Yeah, we don't, so it's it's raw. Like, we don't know This is all authentic. On, yeah. So, but that's, that's typically how we want to set up the podcast. We want it to be characters and then a little bit about the plot and then questions that we had for each other because we weren't discussing the book at all when we were reading it. But today I just, like I said, I haven't used that part of my brain in such a long time. I felt like a student again trying to figure out who the narrator was and how they knew all this and... But wasn't it so refreshing? It was. So what character do you want to start off with? That's a tough one. Um, I really think I want to get into... Mrs. Richardson, because I feel like she's one of the first perspectives that Celeste puts you in. Mm -hmm. And I want to know what you think of her. Okay. So in the beginning, I think when you first start off and you're first reading the first chat or listening or reading the first chapter, I'm like, okay, she seems somewhat okay. Right. All throughout my notebook. I know. It says bitch. (laughs) Because there is something about her that I just want to... Well, she does time and time again display very manipulative tendencies. Extreme. Well, it's that thing about her that everyone kind of owes her something. Mm-hmm. The fact that she's const- she has planted seeds over the years of like favors. It's that constant... Like, I did this she, for you. She can get anyone to do anything for yeah. her. Be- and it's almost like she's only nice because eventually it will benefit her in some way. Yes. You know? She, time and time again, just displays these horrible characteristics. Yeah. They're just horrible because I can tell you, if someone was like that, I'm like, I'm not. Well, and that's the interesting thing about her, too, is when Celeste is telling it from this omniscient point of view, no matter who's thinking about her or talking to her, nobody really seems to like her. So even though with this writing style, you tend to empathize with everyone. And there were moments like when they went back and told you specifically about her and she met her husband. And when they were focusing on her as a character, I didn't really hate her. And there were things as a mother that I I could not fault her for. Um, But that having been said, I did not like her as a person and as a character. I didn't like her at all. But I, you seem very She's Team that, Mia, so I'd like to know what you think of Mia. I'm totally Team Mia. Okay, first of all, Mia could have been her own novel. Oh, I agree. She's amazing. And her like, story yes. and oh, everything about her, she's just incredible. And you know how you said as a mother you couldn't fault Mrs. Richardson for some of the things? As a mother myself, too. Yes. I look at Mia and I'm like, what a strong, empowering woman that she is how she's raising her daughter, regardless of the situation, because it was a really crazy situation that she put herself in. We'll get into that later. But she's strong. She's tough. Yeah, she is. You know, tough as nails. With her backstory, she's had a lot of trauma. And to go what she's went through and to do what she's doing, she's still being this incredible mom. I, I don't know. I love her. I love her. I will always be Team Mia. Hands so down. I have to know, without getting too much into the plot, just generally speaking, how you feel about Lexi. No, Lexi. Um, Lexi pissed me off a lot in the beginning. A lot. I just, she seemed like one of those 
little snotty brats yes, that I, I would agree. love to just, um, like, please get out of my face. I, I don't like those type of people. She seemed really bratty. And she thought she can get whatever she wanted. And that's the type of girl she seemed I like mean, she was. But who her mother This is, is true. Take her mother is salt. Mrs. Richardson. So yes. that makes sense. And she was raised seeing that. So she probably thinks, okay, I'm just like my mama. going to be, right. you know, stuffy. But I did like at one point she was having that relationship with Pearl. Yes. I like that we saw but her I grow still, up. I, I liked that we watched her evolve. Even when the Mirabelle McCullough thing comes up and she has an opinion about it, I really enjoyed seeing her grow up as a character, even mm-hmm. though it was such a, such a short time span that it was happening in. Um, the different things throughout the plot that she was put through as a character and as a person, yeah, I think we really watched her grow up. And just the, the age that she was and the grade she was in. No. You know, I really do think that we saw a lot of growing from her i agree you know what and i i apologize to backtrack i know i wanted to be more organized with my thoughts but did you find it weird that mrs richardson was basically always referred to as mrs richardson you know what i did it's I like, like they wanted it to her? be stuffy and have her be a little bit because even linda mccullough she would call her linda from time to time elena was very rare to hear Elena. Elena. See, I didn't even fucking Elena. hear it. Well, I would go with Elena because of how it was, but in the Audible right. book, it right. was Elena. Whenever I, was like, I read it, I say Elena. Makes sense. I mean, I guess because it, it, tomato, tomato. Elena but that's what I'm looks saying. Like. It. like, why did they call her Mrs. Richardson so often? Even when they were talking about her in the capacity of a mother. They want her to be snotty. They that's want what her to be I, like I, that's that bougie, what I'm wondering. Like, Look at me. Did they I'm want us to a... interpret her that way? Because that's kind of... There was a point where I was like, why are they... Because Mia was Mia. She wasn't Miss Warren. Yeah, but they try to... Yeah, that's because you're comparing someone that has, you know, wealth and okay, this. The and that's how they wanted to portray they were it. That's Mark how Linda. Celeste did it, though. I know, but that's why I'm wondering if it's in how we are supposed to interpret her. As a character. As a boozy Because boozy she bitch. wasn't yeah. even Elena when she was a mother. They would say Mrs. Richardson looked over at her children. Mm-hmm. It was almost like they took away a layer of her personality. Yeah, they wanted her to be a villain. Yeah, that's what it seems like. And she is. She's a bitch. I mean, yeah, she is. But I don't want to get into... We can't get into the plot. Okay. We have a few more characters. I think we need to incorporate Moody. We have to. Because Moody... There would be no Pearl and Mia if Moody that didn't make that way... Over to go see Pearl. I just think Moody left a bad taste in my mouth towards the end. Overall, as a character in the beginning, I loved him. He was very sweet. Like you said, he was kind of the character responsible for bridging the gap between these two families and having their paths cross. But we also... I agree with you. Because at the end, same thing. Bad taste in my mouth. But you have to understand... At the same time, as much as I wanted to go crazy towards the end, he's a teenage boy. I know. And emotions as a teenage boy and everything he went through and having to deal with possibly heartbreak or whatever he went. You know, that's a lot. So he handled it as a teenage boy most likely would handle it. Right. Yes, that's true. That's very true. So I can't... I didn't like him, but I also can't fault him for that because... 
You can ask any other little teenage boys so, nowadays. They probably react the same way. Oddly enough, I really do love Pearl as a character. And I want to spend a, a decent amount of time talking about Pearl. But I don't feel that connected to Trip outside of his, spoiler alert, y'all have read it, outside of his relationship with Pearl. I agree. I was not attached to him as a character. He was kind of just the goofy older brother. So I don't have a ton to say about Trip. I really don't. Um, I agree. I have, I have things to say about their relationship, but that's more towards the end of the novel as an, as an actual character. I, don't, I feel like I just I just the wine. <laughs> I just feel like I didn't know enough about Trip. I but I think there was a reason to it. Their main focus was on the relationship that she was going to have with Lexi, and the situation that Lexi put her in too. Right. Yes, which is huge because hell to the no that happened to me. And then the because that was a big time in their relationship. So Trip was okay. There's another kid. Cool. His name's Trip. Cool. There's a relationship going on with Pearl. Cool. cool. That's There's it. not we a don't second P. Else. Just one P. We don't P, need him to know. Like the word. Um, <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. I think sh- this Celeste Ng, the writer, the author, she intended to have the main focus on those characters for a reason. Probably. And it worked out. Because yeah. once you get involved in those characters, you're like, okay, this makes sense. Yeah. This I, makes I sense. agree. So then shifting back to Pearl... I really liked her as a character. Mm -hmm. I liked her eagerness to be a part of the Richardson family. I didn't. You didn't? Mm -mm. I was a little bit concerned for how it might have made her mom feel. Like, as as a mom, I was like, eh. But I liked that she was feeling that feeling of normalcy, and it felt like she had siblings, and it felt like she had family. So... It's good because if you're hopping from one place to another, and I don't know, it could be different for everybody, I, or people that go through it, I really don't know. So it's just my opinion. But I'm thinking, yes, it's good to have normalcy. I completely agree with you. If you're not having anybody around you, you're not able to connect and actually make a friend because you're constantly moving, moving. But the relationship with her in the Richardson family was, to me, a little much. It was great that you have a connection, right. but it was... Mia was seeing her daughter turn into a person that she wasn't. That's true. And that's hard because it's like, wait a second. Now you're finding people, but you're finding the first group of people that you've ever met in the town. And you're not being true to who you are. Right. So I didn't like that. I did not like that relationship. That's very true. I was just more so coming from a place of maybe she didn't know... She didn't have ideas of her own or ways of... Like, your mother knows you best, so obviously Mia thinks that she was a certain way before they moved there, but she's never been in the position where she was a teenage girl with friends to act the way that she was acting. Like, I kind of took that at surface value of... They lived a very isolated life of just the two of them, so she was acting differently than what she was used to, but she was also living differently than they ever had. And it's not like she was doing bad things. Like, she ended up taking the job with that family and saw that they weren't doing, they weren't, it wasn't a bad household for the kids to be in. It wasn't, you know, she could be with, like, a bad crowd, but she wasn't. I agree. I agree. Just, like, her little mannerisms changing is. But I can tell you that seeing my son now, right, I have the most amazing relationship with him, and we're very open with each other, but... God forbid. And, you know, I know he's going to change because he's not a teenager right now. So that's different. 
I mean, I know he's going to change. He's going to find his group of people. He's going to connect in a certain way. But knowing him and having that relationship where him and I are completely open with each other now and hopefully we're like that and seeing that there's now a guard up that Pearl has and she's not really confiding with her mom certain right. things. That's when it's going to be like, okay, I don't want our relationship to change. Right, yeah. So you, and you're you not being you yeah. because of the group of people you're with. Maybe it's, I don't know, maybe you're wrong because maybe I took it the wrong way. But it would, it would bother me to be completely honest. I think it would bother me too. Okay, so that was characters. That was, yes, Without getting characters. into plot, that was characters. Yes. So instead of getting head on into the plot, maybe we ask each other the questions that we had been saving since we don't discuss anything. Yeah. And that'll kind of lead to the plot. I think okay. I don't. I, I mean, we already know we're not going chapter by chapter. No, that's going to be impossible. Nobody got time for that. Nope, nope, nope. So, so do you want to start off with your question? Shoot, I'm ready. Well, I feel like I know the answer to this, but I'm going to ask anyway. Go for it. Do you relate more as a mother, not as a person? Okay. Do you relate more as a mother to Mia or to Elena? Mia, Mia, Mia. Mia. I knew you were going to say I that. Feel I feel like Mia's relationship with Pearl is beautiful. And I'm not saying that Mrs. Richardson wasn't a, a good mom, but her kids were out doing so many things and everybody's different. Every parenting's different. Every parent is different and their parenting style is different. So I'm not criticizing. Please don't get upset. But I just feel like she didn't have a real genuine relationship. Yeah, she's not like up with, her kids' butts. Exactly. Yeah. You don't even like need to be up your kids butts but they did not have a genuine relationship with your children and it looked like for example uh, and I'm, I'm not going to get into the book too much but her relationship with Izzy I feel like Izzy is crying out for attention and then I understand Mrs. Richardson signed for it too but when your daughter is looking at you and she's having a relationship with another woman as a mom figure yeah that's, that's like a big uh, wake that's, up call yeah it's like hello but do get you know your what's shit together. so interesting no is we are modern day moms this takes place in the 90s everyone's kids sat at home they're all latchkey kids yes this is true yeah this takes place in the 90s they're sitting at home watching jerry springer drinking soda doing stupid shit they're home alone for hours at night. That was just the times. So, but as a mother, I mean, I agree. I would be way more up her butt than Mia. But I don't know. And granted, I've been put in this situation. I don't know that I would take a job to spy on my daughter having friends. Like I, I don't. I think I'm more in the back seat, like Elena, and trusting that my kids. Like her dialogue okay. of my kids have been taught well. Could this really happen? They go to good schools. If I think about it from that point of view, because I also would never be the mom, nothing against that lifestyle, but I would never be the mom to have my kids living on the road like that. I get what you're saying. You know what I'm saying? So my parenting style for that reason does differ. I get your side completely. I found it very hard to resonate with one mother over the other because I related to both. I get, first off, she didn't have to take the job. I know. Mrs. Richardson was like, I really need it. I really need it. I really need it. So first off, her little manipulative crap that she pulls. That's very true. And she starts putting that guilt trip on somebody. And, you know, some people can handle it differently. And they're like, no, screw you. I'm out. But she probably didn't want to make it uncomfortable for Pearl. So she took the job. Right. Yes. You know what I mean? Because she didn't have to. But at the same time, as this person's pushing, pushing. And then she's like, you know what? It would be better to check on my daughter. Because at the end of the day... 
Mia, maybe it wasn't uncomfortable. It was uncomfortable, like the way you saw it. I completely get it. But at the same time, it's like she sees her daughter slipping away. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like, what is she getting influenced by where I'm, I'm losing my daughter in a way? Maybe right. We I need knew to go she, Well, we knew she was with good people because of that third person point of view. But we have to remember that Mia didn't Did, know Exactly. That. Right. She so just sees that her alarming. daughter is running out yeah. and doing this with this person and this person hanging out. And yes, I can tell you right now, they were not moody and all of them. And they weren't bad people. But outside looking, like if I was the mom, I'd be like, no, no. What's going on? So another question I have for you. Okay. Am I just stupid or were you also wondering who started the fires for a while? Like, I don't know if this is because I cheated and I watched the Hulu trailer, but they filmed it in a way that kind of seemed like the lead up for the entire plot was who started these fires. Um, For those of you who don't know and didn't see on our Facebook page... There is a, I don't know if it's going to be multiple episodes or if it's going to be more movie length. I think it's like a mini series. A mini series? I think so. Reese Witherspoon picked up this book with her book club and she's turning that into a mini series on Hulu. It comes out March 18th uh, and it's going to be a show by the same name as the novel, Little Fires Everywhere. But I did cheat and when you all voted for this book and I was excited and I was doing my research for it. I saw the trailer and I watched it and the trailer is filmed in a way, like I said, that makes makes the whole plot seem like who started these fires. You see the police officer or the firefighter, whoever saying, do you have any reason to think of who would do this to you? Do you have any idea who could have done this to you? And then you flash from character to character to character. Yeah. So I kind of read the whole book thinking, was it you? So you know what I love about it though? What? Is that just like anything else, writing and writing books and reading books it's an art it's an art so everybody sees it in their own way in their own interpretation in a way and you saw it in that interpretation i didn't but i love that because now you're, you're so sweet inter- you don't want to call me stupid you're not stupid because it's cool it maybe I know, I agree. she wanted it like that too yeah how do i know i probably read it the wrong way you know what i mean well we in the show know, i mean i know like from that. handmaid's tale that it could go on for another season so maybe they want to go in a direction eventually i mean because without jumping straight to the end the ending does sort of leave you hanging in a way it does in a couple ways that the show can go in a different direction this so is... maybe the trailer shot in that way because it'll go a different way than mm-hmm. the novel but i kind of went into the book with that idea of it could have been anyone. I This is going to be like a big little lies thing. I think so too. And it's going to be amazing. I mean, we could just get into the plot now. I, I mean... Let's get into it. I have one more question oh, that shoot. isn't related necessarily directly to the Richardsons and Mia, but it's that popular McCullough trial. Oh. Who do you think Mirabelle should have been left with? Oh, well... It's, is it? Mei Ling. Mei Ling. Sorry. Mei it Lin. was Mei, Mei Ling. No, Mei Ling. I didn't read it. I listened um, to it. That's hard. Because I'm not going to lie. I was listening to it through Audible as well. But listening to it and reading it may be different for everybody. But it was, it, it made me tear up. Because I didn't know what side. Because as listening to BB, listening to her side and as a mom. But at the same time... You know, I get what she was doing. She was doing the right thing. She was looking out for her child. She was trying to be selfless and say, look, I wasn't able to take care of, her, take care of my kid. Let me do something and get this child to a better place. Great. But I also think 
coming back after this child has been in a home and is being taken care of the way you wanted that because yeah. that's what you initially wanted. Yeah. It's come back screaming, saying, I want my baby back. Then I'm like, wait a second, hold on. I don't know what to do. But then listening to her, that's my child. I love my baby and I love my child. So I don't know. So it's, it's funny because even though we're both split, we both had completely different thoughts. When I was reading about BB, my initial thought was the postpartum depression and the postpartum mm-hmm. anxiety or whatever. I had that with both of my pregnancies, so I could understand yeah. that crazy state of hormones after having a baby where you're all over the place, especially doing it alone the way that she did. So that's where I empathized with her was the depression part because I feel like if you don't understand or don't know anyone who has bad postpartum depression, you might not understand how that could lead you to doing something like that but then and here's where i want to pick your brain we're both in the legal fields did it not scare the shit out of you that you could legally adopt a child and it would mean nothing that blood would trump things that were put into place to protect you as a parent like if you were someone who could not have children if you were infertile that was your only option but this situation's a little bit different why okay and maybe i'm wrong they weren't I don't think they were fully going through the adoption until she came back. They were just holding on to the baby. No, they? I think it went through. They had her for over a year. No, I think they had her they for just, like eighteen after months. After the whole trial, when the judge agreed and said the McCulloughs will have full custody, no visitations, blah blah blah, rushed the adoption papers. See, because they were not adopted. They didn't have custody. I yet. thought they, they were did. temporary custody because it went to the fire station, and they were on the list. I think to like, whatever. But I don't. They weren't. I think they. Were, it was like a temporary adoption. See, the only reason why through. I don't know, but I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Maybe I could have sworn that a great while had passed. The child had been there. She was a toddler now. She was close to two, I thought, 18 mm-hmm. months or two. And she was abandoned rather young and they got her as a newborn. I thought all of this came into play later because who brought up the baby? Mia told her that she knew where the baby was or something like that because she met her through Linda McCullough or she heard... No, she heard... I think it was Lexi or Izzy talking. Mia. Is that what you're talking about? Yes. Because they went to the McCullers for the baby's birthday. Yes. We see it because she was one. Yes. I think so it when takes... they came back to the house, they were talking about how cute the baby was and blah, blah, blah. And then they told, they said it out loud and it it triggered something in Mia. And she's like, holy crap, that's the girl that that's, I work with. Yeah. Mia was, ex- or BB was explaining her story. And they, she told BB, I know who has your baby. That's what it was. The McCullough's. So my thing is... I guess I just assumed with that much time passing that they would have adopted her fully. So maybe I'm wrong. I could be wrong and wasn't paying attention. But you know what I was going to say? Going back to your question, it's hard. Because then I go back to McCullough. To Mrs. McCullough. And you know what? It's heartbreaking. Because she has been wanting that for so long to be a mom. And it's just... To have suffered loss so many times yep. and to feel like you can't trust your body. And then, like I said, putting my paralegal hat on, to feel like you can't trust adoption. To feel like, and it's not even like it was a scenario where you show up at the hospital and mom changed her mind. Like, this child has lived with you. You have raised her. 
And to have that be the end result, I mean, that's just loss after loss after loss. So I get that. I do. And the, the loss after loss is heartbreaking. But at the end of the book, and we know we haven't gone over it, she even says... I know. I know. Can we just say fuck the order of things? We all read Let's the whole go. book, right? Let's is go. that okay, guys? Let's go. Wait, Can you okay. add us on social media if this sucks that we jump right to the end? No, I mean, you know what? You don't have to add... You still have to add us on social media, but... <laughs> No, honestly, we're doing this. So just enjoy. Okay. You're taking over. So we discussed Maribel McCullough and who she should be with. I think the next thing we should probably talk about, mm-hmm. because I think we only briefly touched on Mia and how she could have her own novel, Ugh, was the whole her. steal a baby, yeah. go Ryan. home pregnant, my brother's dead, let me change my name and run away thing. Yes, her situation was insane. I wasn't... I could not figure out how that picture made sense. Like, my mind was trying to make all these connections when they saw her picture at the museum. And I was like, how in the fuck? What does this have to do with anything? So, I get, I love that about this author. Because it's just like, okay, what's next? That was while the Maribel McCullough thing was happening. It was all simultaneously happening. It was. It was crazy. It is. It's crazy. But she's, I mean, it's insane. It's amazing. Do you think in the show that we will see Mia go back to her parents? No. Well, I don't know. So my thing is, is with Mia and her whole life and the shit that she went through. Honestly, it, it's, that's why she's that person that jumps to place to place to place. She's gone through so much trauma in her life and a lot happened back home and she's fleeing that place. And then when she decided to go to art school, she went and found another home and she had to flee that too. She's never able to find a home for herself. And the minute she finds it, it gets ripped away again. This woman cannot catch a break. And yes, she's gone through some shit, like I said, but she just wants to find a place for her daughter to call home as well. And she thought this was the place. And it's heartbreak. I love her. I will be freaking team Mia forever. And you know what? She's going to be Carrie Washington. I or know. Carrie Washington's going to be part. her. I don't Did know. you picture them? Did you watch the trailer before the movie? Um, Like, were you picturing Ruth I, as Richardson? No, I did not uh, do a party foul. Book I know. Party foul well, it was. I thought the only rule was that we don't talk about it until it's over. I didn't know we couldn't watch trailers. No, no. I didn't say you couldn't. It was my decision not to watch it's it. It's frowned upon. It's frowned upon, homie. It's frowned upon. Like, you went, like, straight dive in. And it's like, okay, no, get your toes wet first. I know. I did. You did. I did. But I did I kind see, of just jumped in. I did see the trailer, and it looks incredible. We're watching this together. Absolutely. So that'll be amazing, because I can't wait to talk we'll about that a special bottle for that. Yes. Girls' night. Another thing we could talk through is... Okay, so... Were you on the edge of your seat with the whole trying to view the abortion list at the clinic? Forgetting first, did you forget that Pearl's name was on there? No. I was worried it. for a second that she was going to see her daughter's name. No. Like, I forgot, because she just known, she was so nonchalant, just like, oh, my name's Pearl, and it was a brief thing where she was mad at her, and then they let it go. No, it wasn't. She wrote the papers. I know. But, they, but Pearl oh, they didn't let seem that mad about it. Like, they just kind of glazed over it. Like, it was, if it happened in a show and you weren't staring at the TV, if you looked down at your phone for a second or weren't mm-hmm. listening for it, you might have missed that she even gave that name. Yeah. Like, it wasn't a big thing that they kept coming back to. So I was like, oh, shit. She's going to find out her daughter's name is on there. That's what you thought? No. I was for like, oh, my gosh, Pearl. I was like, and this, 
the minute she walked in there, I was like, oh, this bitch. Because I already knew what her intentions were. Oh, I did were. too. One, the minute she would have saw Pearl's name, there she goes. She just, it's more ammo for her. And she's just a sickening person. And I was like, oh, the whole time I'm like, oh my gosh, it's going to go after Pearl. It's going to be bad. And then when she went into Moody's room and that, I'm like. That was even worse. Because then, Moody didn't know at that point. Yep. And that then was Moody's how like, he found out. Yeah. And then he started making his comments. Well, no, he kind of knew before. And then we skip to when um, Izzy comes in. And I don't care, you guys. This is how I'm going to do the podcast. I apologize. But here's the downside to our drunk book club. It's really hard to be structured when you're a few glasses of wine in. A few glasses of wine and you're stuck with I'm not going to lie. We have like a paper map because we wanted to try to stick to certain... A certain outline for the episode, mm-hmm. and it's just it's just too hard. It's a big book. And it is, and it's amazing that we can just sit here and talk about it. So, <laughs> listen to me. My favorite part, one of my favorite parts, actually it was, at the end, when he made a comment about Pearl in front of Izzy, and Izzy took the can and smashed it against his cheek. I was like, yes. that's my girl. Yes. I mean, I loved Izzy from the beginning, you and still now, love her even I, though she's an arsonist? I love an arsonist. You I think, think she lit she, a ton of fucking little fires all over her house and you're like, she's pretty cool. You know what? I just think her like her personality as how the book was was just so awesome. Like she was genuine, she was her, she was authentic, she didn't give a crap. She was not going to change who she was for anybody. And I love that about her. And then on top of it, the thing, the reason she probably started all these fires is she was seeking that love and that affection and that attention from her mom. And she found that in Mia. And she said that, like she felt that mother figure in Mia and that just got ripped away from her. And she's like, I can't be here anymore. Yeah. She, I mean, she, maybe like run away. That was, that was like thing. literally it do anything but burn your fucking house down. I mean, everybody handles things different. Like start smoking cigarettes when your mom's not looking. I mean, what if she doesn't want to kill her lungs, dude? I mean, run away. No, just kill your fucking mom in a burning house instead. I mean, her mom <laughs> woke up. They were small little I mean, fire. yeah, she was fine. In the she end. She said, she's fine. She's okay. But did you die? And you know what I she mean? She didn't. She didn't. So it's all good, Oh my good, gosh. I, guess. I apologize, guys. We're a little cry. Um, I don't know. Genuinely, I really, really love the book. I love that we got to share it with each other because I think it was a good read. What do you think? I think it was too. Another one of her books is in the wine glass of future reads. So I'm excited to read something else of hers and see if it's a similar style. They're making a movie on that one too, right? That one, I think when I looked it up, there's not a specific date set, but last year in 2019, an article was released about how Julia Roberts was going to be working on that one. Nice. So I'm really excited about that. We actually put quite a few books in there that are yes. movies. Are like you I think ready? all of the Gillian Flynn ones are now movies. Sharp Objects, Dark Places, Gone, I mean Gone Girls obviously yeah. a movie, but I think all of them are now movies. Okay. So that'll be fun that we'll have stuff to watch in between too. Yes. Maybe we'll do yes, like yes, mini yes. episodes. That can oh, be fun. I don't know. We'll see. That might have oh, to be a surprise. Shit. Um, we will be choosing that in two seconds, but um, do you have anything else about the book or you want to just have people send in some some questions for us about the book, what you felt about the book? We really want to hear about you and what you so guys thought. So I was kind of thinking that if you want to pick a new book, let's do this. Let's pick a new book and then I will let everyone know how they can get in touch with us on social media if they want to keep talking about this book yeah, or no. give us suggestions for new ones. Ready? Okay. That's us swiveling them up. In the wine glass. 
I'll pull it. Okay. Okay. Oops. The Kind Worth Killing by Peter Swanson. Ooh, I'm so excited. I am too. Okay. Super excited. So, so we got to start reading that We one. will be back the week after next with an episode about that book by Peter Swanson. But in the meantime, if you are interested with discussing this book further, you can reach out to us on Instagram at WhineAboutBooksPod or at WhineAboutBooksPodcast on Facebook. And remember, you can always email your book suggestions to WhineAboutBooksPodcast at gmail.com. So I think that's it, right? I think Nothing. we covered all the bases. Are we podcasters yet? Is it official? I don't think so. (laughs) Maybe maybe after the next one. We'll see. We'll give it a few more tries. Yay! Cheers! Cheers!